On this episode of the AC Sports Report, we have David Beretti. Coach Beretti is the program director of the Baltimore Royals, a women's professional futsal team here in Baltimore, as well as the head coach of their A-team. This is Sue Thompson, Executive Director and League Commissioner for the Interscholastic Athletic Association of Maryland. The IAM formed in 1999, and our purpose is to provide structure and organized support for interscholastic competition for female student-athletes at our 30 member schools. We are represented in seven counties and Baltimore City. To achieve our goals, the IAM regards athletics and competition as a vital part of the educational process, meaning that our focus includes the promotion of the physical, mental, moral, social, and emotional well-being for all student-athletes. By offering 14 sports, the IAM oversees hundreds of teams and well over a thousand female athletes each year who are ready to compete in sanctioned meets, matches, and games, and even more to create memories and experiences that will last a lifetime. The IAM embraces the highest ideals of fair play, integrity, and respect. For schedules, scores, and current news, please go to our website at www.iamsports.com. That's www.iamsports.com. If you've been looking for someone that talks about youth sports in the DMV, from basketball to football, volleyball, soccer, lacrosse, baseball, and softball, you've found it. We are the authority. We are the authority. This is the AC Sports Report. There's a thriving community of youth sports in the DMV, and we cover it all. From interviews to game reports to player scouting, public and private schools, and we even cover the college recruiting process. This is the AC Sports Report, and here's your host, John Miller. Coach Beretti, welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So, Coach, I usually start with a little banter. I'm, I'm in this little mill in uh, Hamden, and uh, usually if people come into the studio, do it's a little hard to find. But you're joining me via Zoom. I appreciate your time. Thanks for giving me these these few minutes. Um, people are going to love this. Yeah, thank you again for having me, and definitely really excited to talk about the uh, the Royals and, of course, anything else we might touch on as well. This is awesome. So we started with the Royals, which is a women's professional futsal team here in Baltimore. Who knew? Who knew? You knew. Uh, but we we have to learn a little bit about you first. So let's not go back too far. I'd love to talk about your time in Germany, but you know what? We'll leave that for another day. Can we go to straight to high school? Where'd you go to high school, sir? Yeah, absolutely. So I went to high school actually locally here um, at Archbishop Spalding and uh, was there for all four years from 2007 to 2011. Played soccer there as well as baseball and track. Oh, uh, we got to stay busy, huh? So let's see. Yeah. Soccer's a fall sport track is is that winter or is that fall or spring which one is that do you remember yeah so soccer was definitely fall all four years um uh, and then baseball was in the spring and then track was actually winter and spring Uh, Um, year was where i kind of had to make a decision in the spring um and ended up doing track because that also allowed me to play club soccer and senior year high school was obviously a very busy travel year where you're trying to get in front of college coaches at the different college showcase events. So it was kind of track plus 
club soccer for the spring, just my senior year, and baseball the three years before that. Very good. You went on to play in college afterwards. I think I saw you went to Elizabethtown College. Where is that? Yep, that's correct. Um, so the best way to describe it is it's right in between Hershey, Harrisburg, and Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So I always just give those three because people have probably <laughs> heard of those three, but it's actually closest to Hershey. It's probably less than 15 minutes from Hershey Park. So so did you get recruited? So I I, I can't imagine. I, I guess your travel, your club team probably went all over the place, but did you get recruited? Did someone from Elizabethtown come to Spalding? Did you like send VCR tapes or internet was around so it wasn't too hard to find you online but how did you get from Spalding to Elizabethtown yes so there's definitely was recruiting involved um so the the most direct initial contact was from my high school coach so he actually just reached out directly to Elizabethtown's head coach kind of wrote him an email and just kind of mentioned that it was worth taking a look at me so I really appreciate I'll I'll name check uh, John Coppola he was my varsity coach my senior high school and he was willing to do that for me, which was obviously a huge advantage, just having someone reach out and advocate on your behalf. But then the rest of the recruiting after that, throughout the rest of my senior year, was really more so through the club team. So that's usually where coaches are going to come. Like, like there's actually specific tournaments that are labeled and advertised as college showcase tournaments. And so you might have, you know, three of the highest rated club teams in Maryland, plus three of the highest rated club teams in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and they all meet at this tournament in New Jersey or in Virginia or wherever the various ones are at. Um, so, you know, you get to see a lot of teams play head to head and the, a lot of coaches are there, you know, just to scout or recruit um, sometimes specific players, sometimes just kind of looking for anyone that catches their eye. Um, but that was really kind of the key was, was this series of tournaments from um, November through, I would say about March of my senior year of high school. So uh, Elizabethtown uh, D1, D2, D3, where, where does that stand? Yeah, Elizabethtown is D3. So I don't care what level of college athletics you play. Being a college athlete, in my opinion, is a full-time job. So you were you were uh, you had a major, you had an academic major, but your job <laughs> was probably playing soccer. I don't I don't know if you agree with that or not, but it, you're a busy guy. But with all that, what was your major? What was your academic major in college? Yeah, so actually, just to be a little busier, I had two. Um, so I had. Uh, a history major, and then uh, the busy one was mechanical engineering. So those were the two that I had. Very good, very good. You're you're smart and athletic. Look at you. He's a dual threat. So, <laughs> so so you get you get out of college and you have to find a real job. You didn't stay in in sports right away, but you came back and um, you are now the program director for the Baltimore Royals. Tell us a little bit about the Royals and the Kings and what you do there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yes, I, I do play for the Baltimore Kings, which is a professional um, futsal and indoor soccer club um, on the men's side. So I do play for them as well. But um, in terms of the Royals, so that's really the sister club to the Baltimore Kings. So not to get too much into the minutiae, right, but we have like a parent organization that owns and, and oversees uh, multiple clubs, um, the primary two of which are the Baltimore Kings and now the Baltimore Royals on the women's side. Um, so that's kind of why they're affiliated because it rolls up to the same ownership structure. Um, but yeah, in terms of the Royals, we definitely, um, you know, we saw an opportunity to get a professional women's club up and running, um, futsal specifically, at least for now. And there's a lot of really talented players in this area, um, whether they you know, played in college and are now looking for something post-college or whether they, you know, came through high school and for whatever reason didn't want to go play in college soccer, but certainly had the talent and the ability to, to keep playing 
Um, so it's obviously a very, um, like I said, a very rich area in terms of the talent pool. Um, and so that's, that's, that's the opportunity we saw and, you know, also really just wanted to, to continue to build and grow the sport of futsal, which we love. We love playing obviously on the men's side. We think that it's a great sport. Um, and so we wanted to kind of develop that on the women's side as well. And obviously you've got to have teams playing and, you know, playing each other and at a high level to, to grow the sport as well. So I think really both of those kind of aims were what we were thinking when we launched the club. So this is where I get to embarrass myself, David. Um, futsal is played indoor, usually on something like a basketball court surface, correct? Yeah, no, not, not a problem at all for asking, and, and that is correct. Um, yeah, we actually even sometimes some teams that don't have a futsal-specific um, home court will literally just play on a basketball court, although ideally it's like a slightly different surface, but certainly very similar um, and, you know, in terms of like the structure of the game. It's four players plus a goalie at one time. The court size is a little bit bigger than a basketball court, but not too much bigger. Um, so, yeah, the, the, that's the basics. You've got that right. And like soccer, the goalie has an area where they can touch the ball. But if they come out too far, they're probably not supposed to. And with only four people out there, I imagine <clears throat> positions aren't as like specific or or you, the guy in the back. And I think it's called a fixo. May may That's push correct. up may push up to the front and vice versa. I mean, when you got four guys, you're in transition. You're going to attack where you see the opportunity, and maybe not the guy like in soccer when you got someone way back in the middle, uh, sometimes called a sweeper. They're probably not going to go up to the other side of the field and and take shots on goal very often. But futsal, it's it's a very active. You're all over the place. It's it's an athletic game. Yeah, it's definitely uh, you definitely described it really well in terms of the fluidity at times of the positions and the, um, you know, you might interchange positions, you know, several times within one possession even. Um, so, yes, while you definitely have preferred positions or positions you probably spend more time at, you have to be able to competently play all four positions and you definitely will throughout the course of any game be in all four of those positions at, at one time. Or another. Um, and then just because the court itself, the size of the court is much smaller, you kind of mentioned like who might take shots or not take shots. Everyone's going to get chances to shoot at some point because it's really, you know, you're one or two touches past midcourt and you're certainly in shooting range already. So, um, yes, I think you described it really well. And then the pace of the game is also faster than outdoor. I mean, I love outdoor soccer. I played that most of my life. So it's certainly not an insult to outdoor soccer. But just again, with the size of the court, futsal is a very quick game. Lots of transitions. You know, you might be transitioning one way end to end in about five or six seconds. And then the goalie saves it and rolls it out and you're going the other way in another three or four seconds. So it, it can happen that fast for sure. What, what's a typical score number? I mean, is, I mean, you see, there's a lot of <laughs> nil, nil in outdoor soccer, one, one, two, two, three, three would probably be an outdoor soccer considering a considered a fairly high scoring game. What, what do you see in futsal? Yeah, it can definitely vary. Um, but I think if you're seeing a high level game, um, which obviously is what we're aiming for, both on the men's side and the women's side, uh, the defenses are are still really good. Um, so while the court is smaller, meaning that there's obviously you're, you're much closer to goal just by definition of being on the court at any one point in time, it's also a much smaller space that the defenders have to defend. So if a defense is very solid and well-organized, um, not to mention the goals themselves are smaller and you've got really high-level keepers um, playing at this level that that you know are able to clean up a lot of the shots that, that do get through the defense. So I, I'd say when you're, when you're seeing a high-level matchup, it's still a lot of times something like five to three, four to two. You know, it's not necessarily a crazy high score. But that being said, if it is like a bit of a lopsided matchup, you might see like a 15 to two just because like the team can score so quickly. Uh, but I would say high level, pretty evenly matched teams like you'd see at a regionals tournament or competition, for instance, 
it's still going to be pretty low scoring, honestly, just because the defenses are so solid and compact. So do the men's team and the women's team, do they share similar uh, schedules? Like when does the season start and when does it end and where do you play? Yeah, great questions. Um, so there definitely is some overlap. Um, so just to give like a little bit of, of context, right? So the men's club has really been up and running. Um, it actually even before kind of COVID slowed things down for for a bit in 2020, but especially since I would say like the beginning of 2021, the men's club has been playing year round. So futsal is most of the year, but then we actually play arena soccer as well. Um, like for instance, if, if people are familiar with the Baltimore Blast, we play in a league very similar to that, just like one tier lower in the minor league professional system. Um, so anyway, so that's that's really the main focus for us from about December to March. Uh, and then futsal is the rest of the year. But because regionals for futsal is in February, we actually still do some futsal training in the winter just to stay ready for that big tournament in February, even though that's during the actual arena season. So like I said, full, full time, full year, um, year round on the men's side. And then the women's side is newer but we are planning for that exact same structure. So we're still in our first year as a club on the women's side, but we've been going full-time since June and we expect that same, like I said, year-round schedule to continue. So still in the middle of it right now, but certainly uh, don't have any breaks or time off planned anytime soon. We're really excited and kind of right in the middle of our fall uh, fall cycle right now. So so you're a busy guy. This is year-round. You're, pre- you're staying in shape because you're playing, you're organizing uh, the program you're helping the women be ready for their game. This, this, I would ask you what a typical day is for David Beretti, but I'm not sure there is one. Is there a typical day? Well, it, it definitely can vary somewhat, um, but I think there is a lot of you know similar um, scheduling. So, like we definitely, because a lot of our um, players or coaches, including myself, work like a full time job still on the side. So most of what we do is either at night during the weekday or, you know, weekends, obviously there's a lot more time available. So I would say, you know, a typical day is, you know, my normal job is, you know, pretty typical, like eight 30 to five kind of schedule. Um, and then as soon as that's done, you know, the focus does often turn to either soccer things or, you know, if it's a day without soccer, that's obviously time for my significant other or for family time, things like that. Um, but between soccer and, you know, time on the weekend, especially that's where more of the time will go to that. Cause we obviously play, all of our games, all of our events are on weekends, but a lot of training and logistical work and things like that gets done during, during, you know, the Monday to Thursday in the evenings timeframe. Um, so it's, it's pretty similar and consistent in that regard. David, this is, this is great. I, I really appreciate you, you giving me this time uh, and I want to value that and respect that. But all this leads up to the, the big question of um, some advice for a, a middle school or a high school athlete. So you played in high school, you played in college, you're now involved in professional athletics. You have a real job. And for po- people that can't see me, I just did that in air quotes because you got to have one of them. There's very few people that actually get to a point, I'm sure, that they don't need that real job to, to stay in sports. If if you were looking back, if you were in high school, uh, if you were in college, and, and the I'm guessing you're in your 30s. The 30-year-old David Beretti could speak to the high school or early college David Beretti. What what advice would you have for yourself? What would you tell yourself that may have helped you or or steered you in this journey to in a way that would have helped you? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and I will say you mentioned the real job thing. Um, so I'm definitely very fortunate that I have like a great team that I work with at my real job, and you know everyone is awesome to to deal with in that kind of you know 
having that um, support and, and that, you know, reliable day to day job allows me to kind of focus on my passions and my off time, um, which is great. And they're very supportive of that work life balance as well. Um, but yeah, specific to to advice, um, I think the biggest thing that comes to mind is just in terms of, you know, again, I'll kind of approach this mainly through the lens of, of the Royals, but I think that's that's helpful because a ton of players that I've encountered, I mean, we have a great group uh, of, of girls and women on our club team already. We're always still looking for more players as well. But the number one thing I notice is that once you hit age, you know, whether it's 18 at the end of college or at the end of high school or age 21 or 22 as college is wrapping up, um, most players have been playing at that point since they were like five or six. And yet the vast majority of them just stop completely at that point. And I did the same thing for a few years myself. And I definitely regret that, but I'm very glad I figured out that I needed to get back into sports, both playing and coaching and developing a, a women's program. Um, but I wish I'd figured that out sooner. So I think my biggest piece of advice is just like, if you're someone that's listening to this and really loves, whether it's futsal or soccer or even a different sport, but if you love playing, like it's not at all weird or a bad move or immature. Like those are things that like I was told when I was finishing up college, like it's time to move on. It's time to get a real job. It's time to be an adult. Like, you know, your soccer days are done. Like, that's okay. That's, you know, that's what you're supposed to do, quote unquote, supposed to do. And I think that that's, really terrible advice. Now that doesn't mean like it's bad to get a real job, but like you can do both. You can work really hard at a good job for 40 hours a week and still have time to also play soccer at a high level or play whatever sport it is that you love at a high level. And I think like the most important thing with that again, is just like you've put so much time and effort into becoming a really good player from age five or six on to age, let's say 22. If you played through college, that's almost two decades. And to just give that up, and never really play again. I think, you know, for some people, they might just truly be done and want to move on. But I think there's a huge group of players, including a lot of our Royals women's players that are still looking to compete at a high level, to train, to play. They love the game. They love just the feeling of, right, right that camaraderie that I would call it a brotherhood or sisterhood if you're a woman. But like, they love that feeling of being on a team, playing a team sport. Like if you play a team sport, you know what I'm saying. It's hard to even articulate in words, but that feeling of going on a long road trip, getting a big win on the road and driving home together, or, you know, that feeling of training and doing wind sprints together at the end of a long session, but you know, it's worth it because you're getting that little bit better as a team. Like all those feelings are, in my opinion, impossible to replicate outside of team sports. So if you can play through your twenties, through your thirties, right. Cause there will be a time when you're 45 or 50 and you truly may have to give it up. But I think that age is a lot later than 18 or 22 for players. So if you love the game and love playing, look for opportunities. There's so many good clubs out there, semi-professional, professional, even just playing rec league. I know some really good players that just play rec league on Tuesday nights and they love that. And that's their outlet. So whatever level it is, again, selfishly as the Royals program director, if there's any women <laughs> listening to this, we're, we're very interested in you, but like, I think that would be my biggest piece of advice. And I definitely wish I'd been given that advice myself at, at that age. As you were describing it early on, I kept hearing in my head, you can do both. You can do both. And you said it. I And I agree with you. You can do both. You can do that full-time job and you can still pursue your passion at whatever level it is. Very, that was that was very good advice, David. How, how can I promote? How can I help promote you? Do you have a, uh, what's the next upcoming game? When does your season start? Where can I buy tickets? Do you have a website? Are you on social media? Yes. So I just have a Facebook on social media. Um, I'm pretty busy, so I don't have a ton of social media time myself. But that being said, I think I'd much rather promote, you know, the club anyway, versus just myself. Um, so I, I think the best way, so if you look up 
baltimorekings.com. Um, and we also have like a social media presence. Our, our social media people do an amazing job promoting both on like the men's and women's side. Um, so baltimorekings.com is the website. And then if you just look up the Baltimore Kings in general for, you know, Facebook and for Instagram, they might even have more than that, but I know for sure they have at least those two. Um, we right now, we just, because it's the same parent company, we just promote all of the Royals things under that same social media, just cause like there's been, you know, five or six years of time invested in like building up the following on those social media sites, um, which is great. So like, I think that's worth it. There's been talks about like breaking off some of the social media for the women, but I think because there's such a good presence already following those pages online um, that that's worth just using those, you know, so when we promote upcoming women's events, a lot more people are seeing it. So, so that would be the best way. And yeah, we, we definitely, you know, we sell tickets um, for home games. We, we do look for advertisers as well. I'm not the best person to talk to about that just because that's not the area of involvement that I'm directly in, but we have business people that focus on that. You know, I certainly am aware of what they do. Um, they're great to work with, obviously, but yeah, if you're an advertiser listening, we definitely have opportunities there. If you're somebody who just wants to come watch a game, we have opportunities there as well with home games that we promote. And the easiest way is just following on social media because we're always sharing, you know, upcoming games, upcoming events. And we also do, I should just add, we do a lot of community service as well, just to, you know, try to get involved with some of the youth soccer teams in the area, make them more aware of our presence and vice versa. And we give out a lot of free tickets to games to like youth players that will come watch us play. So um, that's always something that I think the club is proud of and, does a really good job of and obviously we have an interest as well in building awareness of our club but like community service is always important and we, and we want that to be part of what the club always does both on the men's and women's side so last question i may have missed this where do you play your home games so we play it actually depends so for futsal we play our home games at the benfield sports center which is in millersville just right off of route 97 can't miss it i think <laughs> a lot of people know where that's at from playing even as as youth um so that, that's our futsal home venue. Um, we may actually have games in the future at um, Annapolis Area Christian School, the, uh, the the high school, which is over in Severn. Um, we train a lot there currently. So between those two venues, um, but currently it's at Benfield. And then for the, the winter season, for the arena season, we're actually at Coppermine New Burns Arena right in uh, downtown Baltimore um, by, by the harbor on like the far side of the harbor. So that's the uh, that's the home arena for all of our our winter games um coming up this this upcoming winter very good david beretti thank you yes thank you so much for having me really appreciate it you've been listening to the ac sports report as you know there's a massive scene of youth sports in the dmv and it's our passion to cover it all We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.alstoncarlisle.com. Till next time, this has been the AC Sports Report.